Dual action of ketamine confines addiction liability. An article by Linda Simmer, Christian Lucia, from University of Geneva, Nature, 2022. Ketamine is used clinically as an anesthetic and a fast-acting antidepressant and recreationally for its dissociative properties, raising concerns of addiction as a possible side effect. Addictive drugs such as cocaine increase the levels of dopamine in the nucleus accumbens. This facilitates synaptic plasticity in the mesolimbic system, which causes behavioral adaptations and eventually drives the transition to compulsion. The addiction liability of ketamine is a matter of much debate, in part because of its complex pharmacology that among several targets includes N-methyl diaspartic acid NMDA receptor and MDAR antagonism. Here we show that ketamine does not induce the synaptic plasticity that is typically observed with addictive drugs in mice despite elicing robust dopamine transients in the nucleus accumbens. Ketamine nevertheless supported reinforcement through the disinhibition of dopamine neurons in the ventral tegmental area VTA. This effect was mediated by NMDAR antagonism in GABA-alpha-aminobutyric acid neurons of the VTA but was quickly terminated by type 2 dopamine receptors of dopamine neurons. The rapid off-kinetics of the dopamine transients along with the NMDAR antagonism precluded the induction of synaptic plasticity in the VTA and the nucleus accumbens. And did not elicit locomotor sensitization or uncontrolled self-administration. In summary, the dual action of ketamine leads to a unique constellation of dopamine-driven positive reinforcement but low addiction liability. Ketamine is a club drug that is classified as a shadow three substance by the US Food and Drug Administration and as a class B drug in the UK owing to its putative addiction liability. Although at present it is rarely used as an anesthetic, the debate as to what extent ketamine can cause a loss of control and compulsion has re-emerged now that the molecule is more widely used as a fast-acting antidepressant. Studies in Rodin suggest that ketamine presents a risk for addiction because early microdialysis experiments revealed that it induces a general increase of dopamine in the nucleus accumbens, NAC, a hallmark of addictive drugs including cocaine. Moreover, behavioral studies suggest that ketamine is rewarding and reinforcing in rats, another characteristic that is has in common with addictive drugs. Ketamine has many pharmacological targets, among which it has the highest affinity for NMDAR's antagonists. The long-term effects of ketamine on mesolimbic reward circuits on behavior, however, remain elusive. For example, we do not know whether ketamine uses the synaptic plasticity that is typically evoked by addictive drugs, which drives early adaptive behavior and eventually compulsion. A single first dose of cocaine potentiates glutaminergic synapses and dopamine neurons in the VTA, expressed 
by the insertion of calcium permeable alpha amino 3 hydroxy 5 methyl 4 isoxazolipropionic acid AMPA receptors. This redistribution of receptors in the VTA serves as a permissive metaplasticity that, with repeated drug exposure, is reflected in a strengthening of excitatory synapses into type 1 dopamine receptor D1R expressing medium spiny neurons D1MSN in the NAC and eventually synaptic plasticity in the dorsal stratum. Here we use latest generation fluorescent markers and activity indicators to investigate whether ketamine increases mesolimpic dopamine and to assess its effects on synapses and behavior. Reinforcement and dopamine increase in the nucleus accumbens. In an open field, a single dose of 30 mg per kilo ketamine enhanced locomotion similarity to a dose of cocaine. We next tested the rewarding and reinforcing properties of ketamine. Mice readily self-administered the drug, taking a comparable number of infusions to that of cocaine. Giving this behavior hallmark, we measured dopamine using a genetically encoded dopamine sensor, a single intraperitoneal injection of ketamine enlisted dopamine transients in the nucleus accumbens that were similar in magnitude, but of shorter duration than those elicited by cocaine. The area under the curve AUC of the dopamine transients increased in a dose-dependent manner. Disinhibition of VTA dopamine neurons to test the effects of ketamine on neuronal activity, we monitored the fluorescence of a genetically encoded calcium sensor in dopamine and GABA neurons of the VTA. Interperitoneal injection of ketamine led to an increase in the activity of dopamine neurons for 5 minutes, consistent with the fast kinetics that were observed of dopamine release in the nucleus accumbens. By contrast, and, as expected, cocaine decreased the activity of dopamine neurons in the VTA, owing to the activation of inhibitory T2O2 receptors. In VTA GABA neurons, we observed that ketamine induced a strong and sustained inhibition, whereas cocaine did not affect the activity of these neurons. They suggest that ketamine induces a primary inhibition of VTA GABA neurons that may cause a disinhibition but raises the question of why GCAMP6M signals in VTA dopamine neurons and D-light signals in the nuclear accumbens show a short-lived change after the injection of ketamine. We first assessed whether NMDARs expressed on GABA cells in the VTA are indeed the primary targets of ketamine. We removed the NMDARs by deleting the obligatory subunit NR1 selectively from VTA GABA cells. Using a Cree-dependent CRISP-SA-Cas9 knockout KO strategy in VGAT Cree mice, this led to the loss of the effect of ketamine on the activity of VTA GABA neurons but did not affect pentyl-induced GABA inhibition. 
As a result, the ketamine invoked release of dopamine in the nucleus accumbens in VTA GABA NR1 KO mice was reduced. The deletion of NMDARs in GABA neurons had also a small effect on cocaine listed dopamine transients, possibly because of an enhanced baseline activity of dopamine neurons. The disinhibition motif of the circuit effects of ketamine is further supported by the effect of ketamine on optogenetic inhibition of VTA GABA neurons, which is also reinforcing. To this end, we expressed the inhibition opsin EARCH 3.0 in VTA GABA neurons and measured dopamine transients in the nucleus accumbens. We delivered 30 laser pulses of 10 second duration on the first day and injected a dose of ketamine intraperitoneally after the first five pulses on the second day. We observed that the laser-induced dopamine transients in the nucleus accumbens became smaller with ketamine treatment. This partial occlusion of laser-induced disinhibition through a non-saturating dose of ketamine corroborates the VTA-specific disinhibition motif for the action of ketamine on the dopamine system. We next addressed the decay kinetics in dopamine neurons despite continued inhibition of VTA GABA neurons. Ketamine evoked dopamine transients and dopamine neuron activity decayed within minutes. This is in contrast to fentyl, which caused a long-lasting, only slowly decaying nuclear accumbens dopamine transient through disinhibition. To investigate possible additional inhibitory mechanisms, we monitored the activity of dopamine neurons after treatment with flufenazide and mustard. This irreversible D2R antagonist extended the activity of dopamine neurons in response to ketamine and also reduced the cocaine-induced auto-inhibition of dopamine neurons. None of the interventions, however, were completed. This is likely to reflect inter-individual variants in the effects of FNM, as we found a correlation of the FNM effect size for both ketamine and cocaine in a given individual. Fast of kinetics and NMDAR antagonism we next screened for a form of synaptic plasticity that appears within hours after the first injection of an addictive drug by testing for the presence of calcium-permeable AMPARs in VTA dopamine neurons. Ketamine did not induce the inward rectification that is typical of the presence of such non-canonical AMPARs, in contrast to cocaine. To purse the temporal requirement for the induction of plasticity, we performed optogenetic activation of dopamine neurons in vivo for periods of increasing duration. Although 15 minutes of stimulation left the synapses unchanged, we found that 16 minutes of stimulation increased the rectification index, similar to the 2 hour of stimulation reported previously. This explains why, in the case of intraperitoneal injection of ketamine, activation of dopamine neurons for only a few minutes was insufficient to induce plasticity. The previous results suggest that the duration of dopamine neuron activation is a crucial predictor for the synaptic plasticity that is induced 
by drugs of abuse. Next, therefore, we investigated what would happen if ketamine acted on dopamine neurons for a longer period by repeatedly injecting ketamine. To generate such a drug regimen, we intravenously infused ketamine or cocaine every two or four minutes for two hours to generate an increase in the levels of dopamine in the nucleus accumbens of comparable magnitude and duration for the two drugs. Although for cocaine this protocol increased the rectification index at existory synapses onto VTA dopaminurins, this effect was not observed for ketamine. An additional mechanism may thus be invoked to explain the lack of effect of ketamine on synaptic plasticity. This could be ketamine antagonisms and MDARs because, in addition to an increase in dopamine, the activation of NMDARs is required for the potentiation of excitatory synapses onto VTA dopamine neurons as well as D1R MSNs. Indeed, in patch clamp experiments, application of ketamine at a concentration that corresponds the expected levels in the brain in mice strongly inhibited NMDAR-mediated synaptic currents. As a result, ketamine also blocked long-term potentiation in acute brain slices. Thus, in repeated drug application regimens in which the rapid off-kinetics of ketamine-induced dopamine effects are overcome, ketamine's NMDAR antagonism still prevents the induction of synaptic plasticity that is typically observed with addictive drugs. Noah Campbell drug evoked plasticity. As increased expression of FOS in nucleus accumbens D1MSNs is an early indication for drug evoked plasticity, we quantified the levels of FOS after a single injection of ketamine. Unlike cocaine, there was no increase of FOS positive D1MSNs with ketamine. We next tested for locomotor sensitization as an early drug adaptive behavior. We injected mice for five days, followed by withdrawal and re-exposure. For the initial four to five daily injections, we observed a short-term sensitization for ketamine and cocaine. However, when tested after seven and thirty days of withdrawal, ketamine yielded a locomotor response that was similar to baseline. Whereas sensitization persisted in mice that were treated with cocaine. In a separate quote, after 14 days of withdrawal, no drug evoked synaptic plasticity was observed with ketamine, as the rectification index and AMPA NMDA ratio were comparable to those in saline treated mice. By contrast, but in line with previous reports, cocaine increased the rectification index at medial prefrontal cortex MPFC to nucleus accumbens D1 MSN synapsis, whereas the AMPA NMDA ratio decreased. In an attempt to test for addiction criteria that are typically reached by only a subset of self-administrating mice, we allowed for daily 4-hour long access to ketamine, increasing the level press ratio every 4 days. 
Authorities confirmed the reinforcing need of ketamine. We observed the mice reduced self-administration once FR2 was introduced. When compared to self-administration of cocaine, the number of infusions and active level presses for ketamine was lower. As a consequence, the breakpoint in a progressive ratio schedule was also lower than what we observed with cocaine, speaking to the low motivation for ketamine self-administration. The sporadic level presses at the end of the schedule were readily suppressed by the introduction of aversive air puffs. Air puffs were chosen because of the slight analgesic effect of ketamine. These experiments highlight the absence of ketamine-evoked synaptic plasticity and show that ketamine does not induce long-term locomotor sensitization or uncontrolled self-administration despite initial reinforcing effects. Discussion Here we show that sub-anesthetic doses of ketamine increase the activity of VTA dopamine neurons by inhibiting NMDARs in VTA GABA neurons. These elicit a dopamine transient in the nucleus accumbens that is determined within minutes because D2Rs become activated. Like cocaine, ketamine reinforces initial self-administration. However, unlike cocaine, ketamine does not evoke drug adaptive synaptic plasticity long-term locomotor sensitization or uncontrolled self-administration. We argue that D2R-mediated rapid off-kinetics and NMDAR antagonism preclude the potentiation of excitatory synapses in the VTA and nucleus accumbens, thus limiting addiction liability. The disinhibitory action of ketamine is reminiscent of the mechanism of action of opioids benzodiazepines, gamma-hydroxybutyrate, GHB, and cannabinoids, which also inhibit VTA gabaneurons. Ketamine is, however, unique in that the decrease of VTA gab activity is caused by the loss of NMDAR excitation. As in interneurons elsewhere, NMDRs on VTA gabaneurons contribute to the excitatory transmission at resting potential maybe through receptors of non-canonical subunit composition. A similar disinhibitory motif has been proposed in the MPFC, in which ketamine also inhibits GABA interneurons, such that the activity of pyramidal cells is disinhibited. The activity of dopamine neurons is terminated by D2Rs, which activate the G-protein-gated inwardly rectifying potassium, GIRK, family of ion channels, thus hyperpolarizing VTA dopamine neurons. This could be a direct effect as ketamine has been shown to act as a D2R agonist with an inhibitory constant. Alternatively, it could be the consequence of the dendritic release of dopamine as in the case with cocaine. However, fentanyl-induced release of dopamine, which also occurs through disinhibition, has slower off-kinetics than ketamine. This difference would suggest a direct action of ketamine on D2Rs, which remains controversial.
many forms of drug evoked synaptic plasticity require NMDARs for induction. Moreover, there is a hierarchical organization as plasticity in the VTA is permissive for plasticity in the nucleus accumbens and eventually in the dorsum stratum. Early drug adaptive synaptic plasticity underlies drug seeking, compulsive drug use and locomotor sensitization. With ketamine, we observe neither synaptic plasticity in the mesolimbic dopamine system nor long-term locomotor sensitization. This is in line with previous reports of some degree of short-term sensitization. Early forms of drug-evoked plasticity are necessary to engage the circuit organizations that eventually underlie compulsive drug-seeking and drug-taking. As our data indicate the absence of uncontrolled ketamine self-administration, this strongly suggests that the addiction liability of ketamine is low. The lack of drug-evoked synaptic plasticity has two reasons. First, with a single dose, because of its fast of kinetics, the increase in dopamine was insufficient to cause plasticity in the VTA. Second, with repeated intravenous infusions that cause a longer-lasting increase in dopamine, an MDAR blockade prevented plasticity. The dual action that we have revealed here is relevant for therapy in humans. To treat depression, ketamine or its enantiomer estaketamine are administered in sub-anesthetic doses either as a 40 minutes intravenous infusion or as a nasal spray on a bi-weekly basis. As the nasal spray causes the acute exposure of ketamine that is similar to the intraperitoneal injections in our animal model, the first of kinetics of a Campbell dopamine in combination with NMIDR blockade may preclude drug-evoked synaptic plasticity. Even with repetitive intravenous infusions that cause prolonged enhanced levels of dopamine, NMDR blockade may still confine drug-adaptive plasticity. Overall, we found that ketamine has rewarding and reinforcing properties as it indirectly acts on the dopamine system through circuit effects from local GABA neurons. The absence of drug-adaptive synaptic plasticity in the mesolimbic system strongly indicates that ketamine's addiction liability is limited by its pharmacology, as D2R-mediated inhibition of dopamine neurons in the VTA explains the effects of kinetics and NMDAR antagonism prevents induction mechanisms for synaptic changes. The insight that we provide here into the acute and chronic effects of ketamine on the mesolimbic dopamine system may help to provide a consensus on access to treatment for depression. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter, Pub Breathing.